the coming. The coming. And there's no biblical basis for um, the Advent season, but historically it's been observed for, um, well, since the 4th century. And um, originally it was a time for converts to Christianity to get ready for baptism. And then during the Middle Ages, Advent became associated with preparation for the second coming. So I thought it was appropriate for us today to look at this subject of uh, Advent and how it fits in with the second coming in Unity's teachings. So what is the second coming? Who's in charge of it? And what does it look like when it shows up? Today, Advent Sunday, seems like a good time for us to uh, rethink this whole subject. You know, many times we stay with what we were taught as children, if this was a part of your, your um, background, and, uh, and we never really rethink a subject. In, in light of our today understanding. And so hopefully today we'll, we'll do this. The second coming, is it a literal happening? Is it a time when Jesus is going to return sometime in the future? Every so often we hear about someone who sets a date for the end of the world and that is connected with the second coming. And some have prepared for it and gone up on rooftops and mountaintops and some left all their clothes behind and gave their children away and their money away and their possessions away, they quit their jobs and so forth and so on, only to later find out that it didn't happen as they expected. Setting a date for the end of the world is usually connected with the thought that Jesus is going to come again and everyone who has ever lived on planet Earth is going to rise up out of their grave or wherever else their bodies ended up before they exited this, this planet, this dimension. That could be oceans, that could be ashes, that could be all kinds of things. And they're all going to rise up with this experience of the coming again of Jesus. And I don't know about you, but I haven't always been in unity. And before I found unity as a young person in a very traditional church setting, I used to wonder about this and really think about it. A lot of people have been living on this planet. It's been quite a while since uh, people have been around a lot of people have left and if everyone who has ever been on this planet all of a sudden showed up in a literal sense well it could be more crowded than our streets it could be more crowded than anything we have ever experienced and besides that I used to think about this maybe you did too what about people who went out not liking someone else, showing up again, seeing those same people? Um, I've imagined that, and, and, and it wasn't a pretty sight. 
And often the return of Jesus is referred to as the second coming of Christ. And I'm sure you've heard this terminology. This is where unity and new thought takes a different approach. As I sometimes say, Christ is not Jesus' last name. In fact, the use of a last name for people is something that's been more recent in, in, uh, in usage. In Jesus' day, he would have been known as Joshua ben Joseph. Joshua or Joshua has been anglicized and we are familiar with the word or the name Jesus. And ben Joseph simply means son of Joseph. So Jesus and Christ. Let's look at the differences here. Jesus is the man. Christ is the divinity. And this is a, um, a startling sometimes uh, thought for people um, to realize that, that Christ isn't Jesus' last name. And that Mary wasn't Mrs. Christ and Joseph Mr. Christ. But Jeshua, Joshua, which we've come to know as Jesus, was a common man's name, not an unusual name at all. On the other hand, Christ is a term for God awareness, God conscious awareness. Many people, Christians, uh, say they celebrate the birth of Christ every year around December 25th. By the way, that's an arbitrary date that was chosen to fit in with a popular Roman holiday when it was instituted. But really, what is celebrated is not the birth of Christ. It's the birth of Jesus. Because, first of all, Christ is not a person. And it's something for us to, to keep in our awareness. So as we study scripture and we come along these names and terms, we begin to get a better sense of what it's saying to us today in our life. So it's not the birth of Christ that's celebrated. It's the birth of Jesus that's celebrated. Why? Because Christ is not, first of all, a person. Christ is, first of all, a pattern or a, a, a principle, an idea of divinity within each of us. So Christ is not a man who was here 2,000 years ago and then left. Christ is the presence of God in Jesus. But Christ is the presence of God in you and in me and in each one, whether we call ourselves Christians or not, it represents a spiritual pattern that's within us. So may, knowing this is what makes the difference. That the Christ is the presence of divinity or the activity of divinity or the pattern of divinity that was and is in Jesus and is in us as well. But knowing this is the difference. Knowing this 
is the major difference between Jesus and between you and between me. So the term Christ is not confined to one person. It's a universal term which applies to the true nature of each and every one. I have heard Buddhists say that Buddha is not first a person but is the enlightened self of each one. And there was a book fairly recently that um, had to do with seeing the Buddha in the mirror. And it's the same thing that we're talking about here. We're using the terminologies that most of us are familiar with because we've probably had more of the Christian influence in our background. But Jesus realized his true nature. Or we could say Gautama realized his true nature and knew the oneness with the source and we are in process of knowing that and living from that awareness the difference is awareness and living from awareness so unity does not focus on the second coming of Jesus where everybody on this planet is going to see him arrive in some spectacular or some dramatic way everyone no matter where they are on the planet would see that. The reason we don't is because we are realizing that everything is not experienced by everyone at the same time. Nothing is experienced by everyone at the same time because we all see things differently. We all are experiencing this moment right now here together in a different way. We can say, well, we're at the same location, but we aren't seeing the same thing. We aren't experiencing the same thing. And even the person closest to us is not seeing or experiencing what we are experiencing at this moment in things, in, in the happening. So unity does teach that the second coming is an individual experience. For example... Charles Fillmore, co-founder of Unity, wrote in the book, Jesus Christ Heals. Jesus did not go to a faraway heaven, there to abide to the great day of his second coming. He explained again and again in language that anyone who has even a slight understanding of the interrelationship of spirit, soul, body may comprehend that he would continue to exist in the etheric realm that he called the heavens in other words the shift that Jesus made was from the physical to the non-physical not a different place per se but a different vibration a different energy vibration does that make sense that it's not a place that Jesus has gone there's no time space involved there's just energy involved vibrational energy so since Jesus didn't go someplace far away but abides in the kingdom of heaven which is not low here or low there he said then unity's approach is in alignment with that unity's approach to the second coming is that it is a non-physical experience and that it takes place individually not collectively but individually 
with each one of us and it takes place within when we affirm I'm a spiritual being living in a spiritual universe governed by spiritual law we every time we speak this it's like we uncover another layer of understanding and the more we uncover this we begin to see that we are not what we see in the mirror we're not the physical form or the physical vehicle that we're using in this dimension we are much more we are spiritual beings we are energy beings beings vibrating at a certain rate of vibration so the first coming of the Christ has taken place with creation the first coming of Christ is the the spiritual potential that is placed within each and every one of us that stepped forth into being and it's within all of us not just within Jesus but within all of us the second coming for Jesus was when he realized his oneness oneness with God when he realized his divine nature more than his human nature more than his human experience and to such an extent he expressed that and is still expressing that because he hasn't gone anywhere nor has he retired the second coming for us then is when we as an individual come into the realization of our divine selfhood when we come into the realization of our oneness with God and when we do we understand that we too are created in the image likeness of God that we too have the divine potential within us to be and to do all that Jesus ever did all that any of the great ones have ever done throughout the ages and when we come to that realization then we begin to live from that we have glimpses of it occasionally don't we but to really realize it with with something that stays with us and we see everything in a different light is something that is yet ahead of us the second coming is when we realize that there's no place to go to experience the kingdom and when we realize this and again not just think about it but realize it realize that the kingdom is within us right here and right now that all we have ever desired we already have been given all that we could ever seek we have then it's as if we have an epiphany it's like a wake up we wake up to who we are and it's an awakening that leaves us living life from the standpoint that we are more than anyone has ever thought us to be more than we ourselves ever thought us to be and then we take the next step of realizing others as more than we have thought them to be as well Emmett Fox says it this way in diagrams for living in a very real sense the Christ already lies dormant in the minds and hearts of men and women everywhere waiting for that burst of recognition which we call the second coming of Christ in the meantime every time we salute the Christ in each other we are bringing that day closer 
in ourselves. There's a verse in the 16th chapter of Matthew which says, For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. Often the term Son of Man is thought of as applicable only to Jesus. But you know what? You are the Son of Man. You are the expression of the human family. It's a term that refers to you and to me. We're all sons of man and the glory of God and the angels applies to us as well. Reward every man according to his works is not a judgment that's going to take place sometime in the future. You know, when they get theirs. Now tell me you've never thought that. Every man recorded to, uh, rewarded according to his works. Well, we can think of some we'd like to see record, re- rewarded for their works. But you know, that's something that's taking place right now. Because the law of attraction is at work. The law of cause and effect is always at work. Not as a punishment. Not as a judgment in a sense of, you're going to get yours. But in the sense that we learn from our experiences. We learn and we grow through our experiences. And just because, to use a homey analogy, we planted corn and got corn in the past, and that's not punishment, we don't always have to keep planting corn. We can make a different choice. And that will also bring us whatever we choose to plant. So we're all at different stages in our growth, in our enfoldment. We're all at different points in the schoolroom of life. Not higher or lower, but just different levels of vibration. And we don't all learn the same thing at the same time. We're individuals, so growth is always an individual proposition, not a collective proposition. It just takes what it takes. And that's very comforting. If you are aware of someone you feel is not making maybe the appropriate decisions, everyone will awaken at their own um, level of receptivity, and it will happen. There's another scripture from uh, from Mark, 13th chapter. It says, And then they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory, And then shall he send his angels and shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from the uttermost part of the earth to the uttermost part of heaven. You are the Son of Man. I am the Son of Man. God is expressing in and through us, as us. And an angel is a messenger of God. And not all of us have had the experience of um, a face-to-face confrontation let's say with an angel but we have all experienced messenger thoughts and they are just as valid as another's experience with an angelic being our highest self is always sending angel thoughts our highest self is always encouraging us to come up higher and receive that which we truly deserve to receive And as we allow ourselves to receive these ideas, 
then the elect from all directions come to us. This is the metaphysical interpretation of this. In other words, all our channels are open. From all directions our good comes according to what we have um, held in consciousness. And the more we live from those higher levels, the more we find that we're attracting from all directions the greater good that we truly deserve. As we begin to know that we are truly worthy and deserving of the best, then we open ourselves to receive it. Speaking for myself, I haven't always expected the best, and I haven't always thought myself worthy of the best. Have you? It's time for us to have a shift in consciousness and understand that we're more than we've thought ourselves to be or more than what someone else has told us that we are. You are the worthy, deserving expression of God. And the second coming of Christ in your experience is your awakening to this and my awakening to this. What does it look like when it shows up? Well, I heard someone say he didn't consider a person had much religion unless his dog and cat are better for it. How does it show up? We walk the talk. People around us feel it. Not because we're trying to make them feel it or fix them. It just shows up through us, as us. In other words, it shows up as the way we live our lives. So, how does this pay the rent? How does this apply to the season that's ahead of us? I want you to think in closing here. What do you want Christmas to be for you? You know, it's very glib uh, when people say, Oh, well, I just want peace on earth. But how is that going to happen? How's that going to happen? Isn't it going to happen when you as an, as an individual and I as an individual make that our intention and we set that as our goal and we put that into operation in our lives? In other words, peace on earth as our Christmas intention becomes translated as peace is my decision, love 